We become a race of peeping Toms. Something happened. Something was happening. I had no idea. Where is her treacherous husband now? But in a place where she can visit, if she wished, mine. It's with the ancestors. I'm yeah, I'm drinking, Luann. How can you hold cake and not eat it? Oh, shit, you guys got coke here. Oh, my God, of course. I mean, I know to you I'm just your old fat Aunt Maddie Faye. I'm more than that, sweetheart. These are godless times, Mrs. Snell. You're all fucking boring. With your piddling grievances over nothing, you're all fucking boring. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Best Supporting Podcast, a podcast dedicated to celebrating and dissecting the performances of our favorite Best Supporting Actresses. My name is Nick Kachanov, and my dad's been captured by a hoe. And my name is Colin Drucker, and all I could say was hello. <gasps> oh, I don't even know what quote that is. It's is well, that Caroline? It, no. So it's uh, who's Caroline? Caroline oh, Caroline Aaron. Yeah, I used oh, real name. Yeah, I didn't realize we were on a first name basis with her. <laughs> um, I've been on a first name last name basis with her for the past twenty years. Uh, yes. No, that is actually a line from the movie An Affair to Remember that then Annie says later when she's telling Becky about how she uh, saw oh, Sam yes. across the street in Seattle, and all I could say was hello. There it and, is. And then there it is on the screen, and then Becky goes, "It's a sign," and bada bing, bada boom, you're sleepless in Seattle. <laughs> 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 have you ever seen a, an affair to remember have you heard of that movie i've heard of it i've never seen it it's just one of those movies where i i think the i think the motto of this year is you know what i'm just never gonna watch it you know? yeah just never gonna <laughs> i, fe- I feel like a it. friend of mine in high school always would try to get me to watch it my friend nikki and uh it's one of her favorites and i feel like it's just one of those movies if you if you know you know and uh we don't know that's we don't okay. know, and and if you're sitting there just you know brewing like a tea kettle right now because we're just poo pooing <laughs> your favorite movie, then let us know why we need to reconsider. Because I'm I'm open. I'm just very close minded right now. <laughs> That's right. Now, what are we here to talk about today, Colin? Well, it's Romantic Comedy Month, and we're bringing it back to one of the classics. We're bringing it back to the movie I thought we were going to see when my mom and her friend took us to see Jurassic Park. It's (gasps) 1993's Sleepless in Seattle. And I'll say this off the bat. I didn't hate this movie, but I didn't love it. I was going to make some joke about, like, thank God you saw Jurassic Park. And I don't know if it was, like, the mood I was in or maybe just because Harry, when Harry met Sally was just, like, like the finest steak that I've ever eaten. And this was, like, a decent hamburger at, like, a, you know, Ruby Tuesdays, which mm-hmm. I'll take. But there mm-hmm. was something about this movie, the magic was there and it wasn't there. And I, I have so much to say, but I'm not, like... I'm not going to totally, like, rip the movie apart. I think it has... I think we can have some discussions here, but I'm interested to see what your thoughts are. What did you feel? Well, I'm kind of glad to hear you say that because I definitely... I didn't get swept up in this the way I did when I saw Jurassic Park all those, you know, 20 years ago, 30 years ago, 30 years ago. Jesus Christ. I know, that's Um, crazy. Oh, my God, get the box ready. I'm coming, Um, you know, (laughs) or I'm going. Uh, But... I I also did not get as swept up as I did um, watching When Harry Met Sally or even The Country Cousin of You've Got Mail. I feel like 
this, I think about halfway through, it just got stuck in like, this is creepy. And then I couldn't get out of it. Same. I think that like she finally goes to Seattle like 45 minutes into the movie. And I was like, why are you going? I know Bill Pullman's like a dweeb. Um, but like he's a nice guy. He just has some allergies, and like that's how I sleep anyway. I have machines. I have tissues. You know, <laughs> I felt attacked. Yeah, um, right, right. <laughs> I, know, I, I imagine like, you and Keon. He's passing you the tissue. <laughs> you know, you're passing back the tissue. She, he's throwing yeah, it out. Yeah, giving me the earplugs. Yeah, I'm yeah, putting his nose strip on. Yeah, it's the whole thing. <laughs> but I, I just, I was bored a little bit, and yes, a little bit like. I understand that this is in conjunction with like the whole thing is like an affair to remember. It's like this like template of like, I think like what they were trying to go for is like, this is like this homage to just like big grand gestures in a rom-com, which I love and I appreciate, but I feel like there was nothing like no ground to stand on here because Tom Hanks and Meg Ryan never met. So like their chemistry wasn't there. You only saw them together for like, three minutes at the end of the movie and they're holding hands. I was just like this. I don't know about this. (laughs) And you know, and you bring up an interesting uh, factoid. They have two minutes of screen time together. Oh my God. And, and you bring up a really good point is that one of the things that I love about you've got mail is their chemistry together. And like, even in that movie where they play rivals, cause you know, they, they, play rivals but then they're also pen pals and they don't know that they're the same person blah 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 and there's elements of even that like that movie i have a lot of feelings on and now i think oh maybe we should have done you've got mail but it's also like a great fall movie so we can always come back to it yeah but i felt like at least in that i felt a little more attached to the characters or i felt a little more invested in them i felt like I was able to connect with them more, like especially Meg Ryan's character in You've Got Mail. Kathleen Kelly is a delight, and you really yeah. do emotionally connect with her. And in this, I I felt like I didn't click with her the way I clicked, clicked with Sally or Kathleen. And here's the really weird part. Tom Hanks, for some reason in this movie, almost feels like a supporting character. It's so weird. Go on. I totally agree. Like, I don't, I just feel like we we do spend a lot more time with Annie than we do with Sam. And I started to feel that to the point of like, I don't really know who this man is. And they show all these scenes of him, you know, having this kind of charming relationship with his son. And we're kind of emotionally invested in that. Like, we know from the very beginning that his wife dies. And so, like, there's some human empathy there. But I don't. In, again, to compare to You've Got Mail, which I know is a movie you haven't seen, so forgive me. Yeah. But it's like he almost plays like the villain in You've Got Mail. But I really loved his character. I really loved, like, you know, I really got to know him. And I just felt like, again, this is not necessarily the fault of Tom and Meg, but I I didn't really care for Annie and Sam the way I've cared for some of the other romantic comedy duos we've talked about. Yeah, and just like, even when... She's like a like you were like the across the street thing. Like she's just standing there like a, a goon, mm-hmm. and just like you know. And th- we're meant to believe that this is the moment they fought. Like put them in a, you know, put them in a department store or something. You know, like get them closer together. Let them like, let her actually see him for more than these two minutes. 
because he mm-hmm. really doesn't know who she is. And I think like Jonah knows Annie more than Sam does. And Sam's just sort of like this, like, I'm not meeting this Annie girl. I'm going to marry what's her, you know, not marry. Victoria. But, <clears throat> yeah. Oh God. That laugh. Um, oh. And uh, yeah, I was just like, I'd be, I'd be really interested to have, like to talk to someone who really loves this movie, to have them be, I want, I'm, I'm interested because like, obviously it was a success. I feel like, you know, it's, it's one of those movies that people talk about, but at its core, it's just kind of crazy. Oh, it, actually, to finish my thought, my rambling rather, because uh, I was talking to Keon about it, and I was like, it's crazy. She goes all the way across the country, and like she's staring at him across the street, and I would love to see if this already doesn't exist, one of those like those trailers that are sort of revamped as like a, like a serial killer movie, because this one would totally track. It's one of the best. They do exist. And I think that was part of my problem is I've seen those trailers where it makes this look like a thriller. And it's like, oh, that makes a lot more sense. I actually wish this was a thriller. You know, like I really wish. (laughs) Yes. This actually would have been really interesting if, if Annie went a little bonkers. And I, you know, I think to your point of like someone who really loves this movie, I would imagine, you know, writer-director uh, Nora Ephron uh, really loves this movie. And her description of it is that it is, and I got this from the IMDb trivia, so don't think I've been sitting on this factoid for years. But she said, you know, the the idea was to tell the story of the way that these Hollywood romance movies kind of skew our ideas of romance. But by the end, the idea is that the Sleepless in Seattle in and of, its, in and of itself becomes another one of those movies that skews our ideas of romance and so it kind of becomes you know the snake eating its own tail or kind of you know uh becomes exactly what it's indicting by the end almost on purpose and i i appreciate that point of view like i appreciate that lens and maybe if i had that lens on and it was a little more amplified maybe this would be i would like it a lot more but I suppose the marketing, the casting, the just the the where it lives in terms of pop culture, I was kind of going in expecting like, okay, well, it's going to be a romantic comedy. And so I, I had to be told that that edge was there. Yeah, I mean, like you said, too, that's a great sort of idea for a movie but I don't think it landed at all with this like it it was it was kind of it did it in the end but I feel that other movies have sort of taken that same idea and done it better and I I can't really think Mm -hmm. of one but like you know it doesn't have to be too self-aware of itself too but like the the idea of like oh look at this like I do like the idea of like um and I guess this is you got mail too is like enemies to lovers sort of thing like a pride and prejudice mm-hmm. sort of situation but yeah I I think there's an important uh, like conversation like with Becky and Annie and um I think she was the one who said oh yeah she's like uh, Becky says that's your problem you want to be in love in a movie. Well, you know, when you kind of think about like movies that sort of buck the tradition for some reason um, or kind of like take the, the, you know, what we expect from these stories, but end it on a different note or like take it in a new direction. uh, It suddenly what flashed into my head was Private Benjamin. And I don't know if you remember because that was a while ago. Yeah. At the end of the movie, she's getting married to, I think, Armand DeSante's character 
or she's getting married to somebody uh, and her new beau. And at the end, she walks out of the wedding and the end of the movie is her just like walking up the path away from the church in her, yep. uh, in her gown. And that's it. You know, she's free. And, uh, and then what I also think of, and of course, because this wouldn't be this podcast if I didn't talk about hysterical blindness, the most inaccessible movie um, we've ever <laughs> talked about yes. known to man. And it's so unfair, but I think, in terms of people wanting that Hollywood romance, I think of someone like Debbie Miller. You know what I mean? And I think of like yeah. there and there are those ideals that are set by the movies and then are kind of translated into the culture, the environment you live in. And so you get someone who's like, oh, you found a guy who's got a house. But that's essentially like you found a prince who's got a white horse, you know? Yes. I, I, I feel like we've had this conversation before, too. And maybe it was during like the Harry Met Sally episode. But this ties into the conversation too. It's like, what are your thoughts on like, there has to be a spark. There has to be like this, like, you know, they mentioned it so many times because of the movie, or I think Tom Hanks says it when he calls in um, or when Jonah calls in, uh, like the first time he touched his wife's hand that he just, yeah, like it was electric and it was magic and it was all these things. And like, how does, how do you feel that translates into like love? It's like, do you, is that what you look for? Like, cause I have my own opinions on that. Well, I think it's an interesting question, especially if you think about like when Harry met Sally, it was all about like the opposite of what is being proposed here, because here it's all about love at first sight and that first spark. And there's that moment at the airport when he sees her getting off the plane and it's like, that's when he knows, uh, even if he doesn't quite know what he knows yet. And so, uh, versus Harry, where it's like Harry and Sally, there's an, there's an immediate opposite of a spark. There's an immediate, yeah. you know, uh, wet matches. And so <laughs> personally, I that's a good question because I guess when I, st- when I think about answering that question, I think about like people that I've had relationships or connections with in the past. And of course, all the people I've had relationships with, connections with in the past, I've been broken up with and so it's hard for me to like look at how those relationships started as evidence of like what i think works but i guess my ideal and blame the movies potentially for this is i feel like i feel like there's something subconscious and i know that that gets talked about in this movie david hyde pierce says like your subconscious fell in love with somebody else's subconscious and it's just Mm -hmm. a matter of like two neuroses meeting i actually think that might describe my idea of of what makes sense the most because I think my ideal relationship is one where we kind of are operating as a team and there is sort of an understanding of the way one another works and there's that kind of like respect and acceptance of how each other works and so I feel like the root of that is having these neuroses that fat that that match together or see each other subconsciously does that make sense yeah I think even like from and I guess my question too is like at the beginning of relationships too like maybe a a a second question for you is like in your past relationships like was there friendship first or was it like did you meet through like a dating app or was it like maybe a hookup or a friend introduced to you? Like how, like, cause I feel, I guess I'm, I'm going to answer my question and after I asked it, but like, I feel that sometimes like infatuation and attraction can, can be, can be confused with like love too. Cause then you start romanticizing the idea of what life would be like with that person. And I think we're more susceptible to it when we are younger too, or maybe in a relationship in this case, like Annie, and 
what's his face? Um, Bill Pullman. Walter. Who I didn't even write his, Walter. Yeah. And he is kind of like a nerdy guy, but like he's stable and has a job and like just happens to have these sort of things wrong with him, quote unquote. But like he's not a bad guy and he takes it really well when she breaks up with him. We're going to have to talk about that. But um, but yeah, I, I guess it's like I think those things like the spark and the magic, I guess, can sometimes be built over time. But uh, what about in like your relationships too? Like, do you think that that's I think it still has to have a little bit. At the beginning, though, you have to have a little bit of reassurance. Yeah, I mean, I think that, like, I can look back at the beginnings of those relationships and I can kind of remember that sort of a, there was there was a moment of realizing, oh, oh, this is different or, oh, we've clicked on something or like, oh, there's there's just something that kind of like just sparks, I suppose, was the word. Yeah. Um, but I, I agree with you that, like, that can lead to a lot of fantasizing. And I'm, I've, I do a ton of that where I like, you know, I look at, uh, you know, you meet somebody, right? Like you, you meet somebody and then you look at a bunch of pictures of them. You just start to like gather evidence about them. And then you start to build the nest of like, what would life look like with them? How are they? If they look like that in this picture, that seems like the kind of guy who would take the trash out. You know what I mean? Like you start yeah. to make these connections of, Oh, he looks like he has like a nice relationship with his parents. So like he's, he won't ever get like mad at me. Okay. You know what I mean? Like I start to just like create these re these fantasy reassurances that like, Oh yeah, no, like this is all going to be perfect because he drives a Jeep Cherokee, you know? <laughs> yes, exactly. I guess. And it's kind of like building on that conversation again, going back to that when Harry met Sally episode that like, if you, we talked about like a lot of my single gal friends who are either like in their early forties or late thirties too, that are like sort of, dating but also have these um i wouldn't i won't say impossible expectations just like expectations because like sometimes dating straight men not sometimes dating straight men is just like the worst but i feel like have a good job have a sense of humor be kind to your mother you know or like but then there's like other things that like complicate that too and like because there's every person has you know it's like that price of admission like he could be perfect but he could also be I don't know, like he could like video games or something, which isn't a bad thing, but some women and some, you know, or people that would be potential partners for that person might see that as like a big flaw. But like, is it worth kind of moving on into that relationship? You know, if it like, does it bug you? It's like those things that you sort of settle into, which you're not going to know right away, I guess, too, unless you really, you know, I, I feel like you should go on a, like go on a weekend trip and then come back, and then you'll really know. That's what I always say. Travel with someone. Well, yeah, and that was kind of one of the things I was thinking about at the end of this movie was, like, you, now you guys have to, like, get to know the humanity of each other. And and I guess to the movie's credit, I feel like, and to Meg's credit, we love Meg, the, the sort of, like, the way she kept staring at Sam as they were walking to the elevator, and there was just this kind of, like, she was just like studying him like he was an alien. And I thought there was like an interesting <laughs> subtext there of like, what the fuck am I doing right now? And like just trying to like drink in like, you're a real person and this is a real thing that's happening right now. And like, I I appreciated that there was like a moment of reality hitting because I think that's kind of what you're talking about is like when reality hits. I mean, I think, you know, I, I one of the, you know, I've heard the rumor 
of course, that re- relationships take work. I've heard yes. another rumor. I've heard another rumor that there is a honeymoon period and then that kind of ends and then you go into like a different period where you don't have those same like heightened feelings all the time. And that's, you know, at that point, I've got my little rucksack and I've disappeared into the, you know, <laughs> dark of the night. So I don't know what that's about. Um, I've sabotaged you long before that happens. But I think to my understanding, that's kind of also where a lot of this comes in is like, when you get into the like long-term phase of the relationship to like, Oh, this is how things are going to be for the most part versus this like heightened, just like, you know, limerent stage at the beginning. Yeah. I, and also it's like, like you were saying before, we don't really know anything about Tom Hanks other than his wife passed. And like, of course those, like those emotions and like the way that he would talk about his wife are going to be, not that he wouldn't say that when she was alive, you know, but like, I think that's what like drew so many women in because in the movie, they're talking about how all these women wrote in and they wanted his number. They wanted to like basically fill that void, I guess for him because of the way he talked about love and the way he talked about his, his wife, the past, I think they're like it almost feels like Annie's in the in love with the idea of like what Sam is like saying. But like you said at the end too, it's like again, it's like I felt so uncomfortable when they were when they were holding hands. Like to me, it should have been like, Shall we go? And like maybe he like helped her up after she picked up his backpack or something and then like dropped the hand because that's it's like falling in love with the bachelor. You know what I mean? There's all these reality mm-hmm. shows like you know married at with no what's it called like married on site or something like yeah that. married that at first of, sight i think yeah. yeah and it's i guess it's kind of entertaining to watch but that's what this movie it felt like an hour and 45 minutes of married at first sight yeah I, as it was getting towards the end i was like oh god please don't kiss please don't kiss like don't oh yes yeah, yeah this is gonna be too weird if you kiss and i'm so i can at least give them that they didn't kiss but uh yeah, it's it's it is a an, an interesting I again that quote the idea that this movie is showing the way that like big Hollywood movies skew your idea of romance. I it makes me yearn for a better movie because it's such a great idea and it what it also makes me think of is that that Amy Schumer movie Trainwreck. Have you ever seen that? Yeah. I it's feel great. it's a great movie, but I feel like where it really like betrays itself is then the end gives the absolute because it's meant to be like the anti-romantic comedy and she's just single and playing the field but then in the end it is like the most over-the-top romantic comedy ending involving like a a basketball game or something yeah and i'm sure like nba cameos and i was just like oh i would have loved this more if you like carried it through to the end yeah or maybe because i feel i can't again i can't think of any examples even though i know there are some where the the people don't end up together at the end or maybe it's more of like a you can put the pieces together on your own but they're kind of heading in that direction like let's not rush into anything oh there's enough said oh yeah we just did that recently that's and i think true. enough that's a great example that's a great example actually yes yeah. i guess i wanted i needed meg ryan aka annie to say like I needed a monologue. I needed like a Nora Ephron monologue, like New Year's Eve and when Harry met Sally. Like, mm-hmm. I know this is crazy and I know we first met, but I've been listening to you and I just, you know, and I just broke up with my fiance like 20 minutes ago. Like, yes. it's, it's, 
I needed some sort of I needed more than a glance. I needed and maybe that matches more with the affair to remember vibe that they were looking for, but I just I really needed something else there. Well, I, and I think that there's it's like all of the interesting stuff is at the periphery of what they're showing us. It's like she lives in Baltimore, he lives in Seattle. She literally just dumped Walter. Like he is at some you know, high rise restaurant right now, you know, eating chocolate souffle for two all by himself <laughs> on Valentine's Day. That sounds amazing. I hope he's not allergic to any of it. Honestly, I just take an EpiPen and keep eating, honey, you know, <laughs> yeah. but it's like so there's also and I think to go back to like the sort of, you know, the editing of this is a thriller. It's like it's almost like a, it's so funny we're doing this for a romantic comedy month because I feel like it is a romantic nightmare in a way or like a realistic nightmare of like the baggage these people have like this man's wife also like didn't die that long ago he's within the first year of grieving so there's that he's getting visited by her ghost so we need to address that situation yeah Uh, you know it's like so a he's got all that baggage and he's kind of going through this like Kramer versus Kramer thing with his son of trying to, you know, raise him as a single dad. He needs a Jane Alexander character. Um, yes. But uh, and then she is was in this terrible relationship. Well, I mean, it's not terrible, but like a uh, high maintenance relationship with Walter that she just ended. She lives in Baltimore. She eventually they need to talk about the fact that she stalked him. I mean, it, it's funny because there is a similar without ruining it, there's kind of a similar moment in You've Got Mail where it's like, oh, you actually were, you kind of did something terrible and you kind of need to admit to that. Like, we can't just forgive, like, you were you were out and out lying. Um, and so I, I think that's another part of this is like, there's so much you have to have the blinders on to believe the story, but all the stuff that the blinders are up to is what makes all of this more interesting. Yeah, I'm I'm just like I want to rewrite it, but I don't know how. Like I feel like it's more interaction with Annie and Sam in New York, I guess, but also maybe an interact but in an, an interaction like she went to his house, Colin. <laughs> yes. She, she went, went like, she hid behind a store yeah. across the street and watched them play football on the beach. I would be so, I mean, thank God she's pretty, I guess, is ultimately what you're saying. Like, not you're saying, but like the movie's saying. Like, Well, yeah. It's right. I don't know. I just like, I needed, I needed like someone is staring at you in personal growth. You know, I just, I yes. needed that, like that wink. And I think we kind of got there with Becky, with uh, played by Rosie O'Donnell. You know, I could have used more Becky. But I, I, you know, and there's other women, too. We got to talk about Rita, the talking oh. through tears. I thought that was the highlight of the movie for me, to be honest. Absolutely. No, in some way. I mean, like, I know that Rosie O'Donnell is playing Becky, the kind of classic supportive friend, the Marie from When Harry Met Sally, yeah. um, the Doris from Looking, if you will. Oh, um, yes. But in in this, I we, we need to also recognize Rita Wilson as uh, Sam's sister, What's her name? Uh, Susie, Susie. Uh, who has yes, who has the, who's married to Victor Garber, plays Greg, and I I just I love watching Victor Garber play straight, especially like a younger Victor Garber playing straight is like yes. mm, it's just so good. It's it is it it tickles me the way I love watching Stanley Tucci play gay. Yeah, similar vibes. I totally yeah. get that. 
and he's great at it. Like I just, you know, I, I love it. I love watching Victor Garber be like, just like this hot guy in his, I don't know what are they for in his forties at this point. Yeah, this Tom Hanks was thirty seven when he filmed this. Isn't that crazy? Shut like that's how up. old I am. I'm older than that. Oh my god. Where's I know. Sleepless in Astoria? You know what I mean. <laughs> who's listening to this podcast right now? Who's like I'm gonna go stalk him? I think I, I think I heard him talk about a cafe he goes to. Yeah, um, asleep in Astoria. There. Yeah, asleep. Yeah, asleep by nine thirty in Astoria. <laughs> that's exactly what it would be. Yeah um so uh yes no uh i uh i loved seeing victor garber yes play straight maybe in his 30s but then we also get rita uh mrs tom hanks we get rita giving the best monologue in the movie describing an affair to remember uh i i believe my favorite part was her little shriveled legs yes yes <laughs> with a blanket over her with a blanket legs. over him. oh i loved and i and i love that character and i love rita you know my feelings yeah. i love rita i you know uh, we might do Jingle All the Way someday just so we can talk about Rita. Oh, my gosh. Please. Oh. Yeah. And she's got that song that I love. I mean. Yes. Oh, God. Girls Night. What's it called? Girls Night In, which Girls I can Night completely In. co-sign as a great idea. Um, yes. Yeah. That's, I, uh, I, I, Rita Wilson, I'm, I might even put her on the list with like a Mary Kay place, you know, where it's like, oh, if she's in the cast, oh, Rita Wilson's in it. Oh, okay. Like she's, she and Mary Kay Place are in It's Complicated. I know. And they, they're, I, I always think of them, like the four of them, when Meryl's like, ladies, I'm having an affair. And then oh, they, they all like, scream. scream. Yeah, yes, yeah. yes. Who's the fourth one in that? Do you I know? I don't know, but it's someone. I'm going right? to look yeah. it up. I'm going to look it up. And then, because uh, It's Complicated came out in, that was like, what was that, 20? That was like mid-2000s. I'm vamping as I look at IMDb. Um it's complicated. There it is. Oh my god, it was two thousand nine. I don't even know. Whoa, I would have never guessed that. I was my my soft spot hadn't even closed up by then. That's so long ago. Okay, so let's see. We have Mary Kay Place plays Joanne. Rita Wilson plays Trisha, and maybe it's this Alexandra Wentworth who plays. Yeah, Diane. I'm looking too. It feels yeah. like it. That's that's probably it's not who it Nora might be. Dunn as Sally. You know. I know uh, right. That would be I. I've actually never seen that movie, but that would be a fun movie to talk about sometime. Oh, it's a good one. I mean, I yeah. think it's one of Nancy Myers' like, I wouldn't say like best work too, but like it's it's fun. They all get stoned in one scene. It's good. Yeah, I see. He's really great. I and I actually think that like again, I haven't seen either of them, but I think of them as a as a pair. It's complicated, and something's got to give. Yes. Uh, and then the holiday, I just I and I guess I'm looking at the 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 cover art for each of them in IMDb, and it's all like the exact same font. Yeah, it's like the Nancy Myers font. Yeah, in a way, it's just like it's it's the movie you go see with your gals. Yeah, well, I haven't seen it, so oh, it's good. I think I've seen it a couple times. To be, it's been a while, um, but there's that but yeah i think rita wilson as Susie, i thought that was such an unexpected scene especially since i was just like where's where's this movie going here folks yeah. and, and to have that sort of moment and it's like funny it's very much in the same vein as like um i'm difficult from when harry yes! met sally like that sort of scene but it's just like unexpected and a, a really nice um I don't know, a little feature for Rita Wilson. She's she's great. She really goes there. 
yeah, no, I think she's great. I think she's a real hoot in this. And and I and on you know what, honestly, Weston's best supporting sister. Put her on the oh, list. Yes. This we monologue. Can't forget her. Yes. yes oh, I yes. won't. I wrote it in my notes. So Rita Wilson <laughs> will be celebrated at the Westons this year, which is very exciting. Um oh, oh, that makes me feel good. Uh you know, I'm realizing, you know, we're like thirty two minutes in, thirty three minutes in, we haven't told people what this movie's about, but I feel like if you don't know what Sleepless in Seattle is about, well, like, then I'm going to tell you. It's very quickly. Tom Hanks plays Sam. His wife dies. He and his son Jonah move to Seattle. Jonah calls into a radio therapist played by the voice of none other than Val from Hello, My Name is Doris, the Queen herself, the from House Arrest, yes. Caroline Aaron, um, and, and I'll say, you know, a very much a featured voice. Very much a featured voice too, and it's very like Delilah. Are you were you into Delilah? Yes, I can't yeah. believe you just made a Delilah uh, reference. Yes. yes. Um, oh my gosh, so, I loved it. Yeah, and and so you know he talks about how he wants his dad to find a wife, and eventually they get him on the horn, and she's talking to him, you know, and they just they start to do a therapy session, you know, on the radio, and that woos Annie all the way across the country who is listening to this while she is driving to her fiance's family's house for Christmas played by Bill Pullman in a Jeff Daniels role. Yes. Yes. Oh my God. Totally. Yeah. And then she's just is moved. She's moved to a single dramatic tear and uh, becomes infatuated with him and uh, writes a letter. And Jonah just has the instinct of like, oh, this Annie person, no, she's the one. Um, and if he has any doubt, he can ask his inexplicable little girlfriend, played by Gabby Hoffman, as Jessica. Oh, Jessica. She's trouble. She's trouble. I loved her. I thought she was very funny. I thought yeah. uh, she was a I, I don't like kids, but I thought she was very funny. Um, yeah, I thought and, Jonah was good too. Yeah, I did too. I was just gonna say, what? Let's let's see whatever happened to Ross Mallinger. I will uh, say, I did a little bit of creeping my of my own, and I found him on LinkedIn, and he's like a you know like a general manager of something, and I was like, <gasps> oh no, Ross, oh. but also fine, you know. I'm yeah. sure he, he's getting that sleepless in Seattle residuals. Hopefully. I hope so. A cute I hope little he, kid. He was a very cute little kid. I um. Oh, let's see. Let's. Oh, I see it. I see. Oh, he's okay. So he's thirty nine now. So, uh, he's older than us. And uh, he was in an episode of Touched by the Angel. Touched by an angel. <laughs> Touched the by angel. the angel. Uh, he has. He's retired from acting, and he works at a series of car dealerships in the greater Los Angeles area. Good for him. Yeah, so I hope that he drives himself a nice Chevy Malibu, and I hope that he is getting good money. Just see if I don't think he's. I think he he quit before Jag really took off. Sure. Um, yeah. But he, I hope he got money from those two episodes of Touched by an Angel that he did, and uh, God bless him. God bless him. But it is crazy when you see like those kids who you know at the height of it. It was he was in that movie Bye Bye Love. I've. I've talked about that on this podcast. Oh, you I, did. That's right. He was in Bye Bye Love. I'm kind of remembering that now. I need to watch that movie. Kindergarten uh, Cop. He's yeah. in Kindergarten Cop. He was in Sudden Death. Uh, 
Yeah, he was in an episode of Roseanne, for God's sake. So, right. Not a bad Seinfeld. Deal. He was in Seinfeld. He wow, was in Seinfeld. Okay. You love. Did you see that episode that he was in? I I did not. I wonder if it's the one where like the kid that swears at Jerry all the time. Amanda, if you're listening, send me a text. But I, I feel I feel good about that. I was just so, thinking also go ahead, sorry. Oh, I found it. It's season nine, episode three, Serenity Now. Jerry opens up his feelings. Elaine is getting hit on by the... Oh, okay. I'm just reading a description, folks. Please don't be offended. <laughs> Elaine is getting hit on by the Jews. Kramer gets... it's And it's the Jews that's like... The Jews? By the Jews. It like, sounds who, so aggressive. Who wrote this? Like, yeah, Elaine is getting hit by the Jews. Uh, so a lot of Jewish men are hitting on Elaine. Kramer gets a screen door. George helps his father sell computers. A show about nothing. <laughs> Show about nothing. It should have been like Elaine becomes a shiksa. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, we can find a better way to write that. I just, it's so aggressive. But hey, Lori Lachlan was in this episode. Oh, we love Lori. Yeah, she steals the show and college admissions tests. Whoa. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was thinking, like, as far as rewriting this movie, I think that we needed Walter. I think he needs to be an asshole. Because I feel like it's a better way for her to be like, I'm in this relationship and he's the worst and I'm just like, I'm settling for him just because like he said yes and he proposed and I need him. I need her, one of the most satisfying punches in all of cinema, I need her to punch him and break up with him in the same way that Amy Morton punched that guy in, uh, what is that movie? What, the baseball movie. Oh my God. The um, Little uh, Big Angels, League? No. Uh, rookie of the year. Rookie of the year. I can't believe you just made a rookie of the year reference. Oh, it's, I know it's that movie. So satisfying because she punches him and he falls to the door, and then she's like, "And don't forget your purse." And she like throws his bag, and he's like, Whoa. "Yes, it's so good." And then she's so exhilarated. She's like, "Oh, that felt so good." Yes, um, yes, yes. Johnny and I did a Matreon on that movie. Oh God, it's so good. Oh God, I and I'd never seen it before, and I loved it. Yeah, and I am like. Oh, and like Gary Busey gets a Salisbury steak on the plane. <laughs> I don't know why that'll never leave my brain. Movie food. I could do a whole episode of just movie like food, food and movies that let yes. us always looked great. Oh my God. So anyway, um, uh, yeah, I, I agree. I think Walter was, you know, there was an interesting moment where I think it was on New Year's and they were dancing and similar to when Harry met Sally, there's kind of a dancing face journey that Sal that Annie has where she's kind of realizing like, oh, mm, maybe I'm not really, maybe maybe yep. this isn't as magical as I've been having the blinders up about him uh, and not seeing. And and, uh, and it's, I, I feel like that's the extent of it. It's just like, uh, Walter's just got a lot of allergies. He's just, yeah. you know, I'm just not feeling the spark. But there, he's otherwise incredibly nice and harmless. And to your point, when she ends things with him after they've gone to Tiffany and they're at this fancy restaurant, you know, on the skating eighth floor of some building downtown or uptown, who cares? He's like, oh, Oh, so this guy you, you're now obsessed with, he might be on the Empire State Building. Well, gosh, I mean, hate to get in your way. I hated that in a way. I was, I, maybe that's where he needs to become a jerk, and rightfully so. He's like, you're in love with the idea of a man you've never met, Annie. Like, that line needs mm -hmm. to be said. And she's yes. like, well, it's better than 
handing you tissues to clean out your asthma machine or whatever yeah, it is. I yeah, don't know. Your vaporizer. Yeah. Yeah. And and then it, it kind of goes along with that trope of like every Hallmark movie, let's be honest, where it's like girl in the big city finds this like high powered like executive that's like kind of a dick, but like it's, you know, he said yes and he proposed, but then she goes home to the small town where Tom Hanks lives, who owns a Christmas tree farm, uh-huh. and then they fall in love. But we never get that that connection. There's no foundation there except like she's heard him on the radio a couple times and she's a little bit lonely and she's second guessing her relationship. I think it's crazy. Yeah, it it just it doesn't feel there's just there's they put it all in on on Susie's monologue and and then it all just kind of blew the load from there other than like the you know Francis Conroy's three lines during Christmas dinner earlier in the movie which I I enjoyed immensely <laughs> yes uh, or or maybe like the way that they get to New York is like they just need to get away for the weekend and Jonah's like, yeah. I booked us two tickets, and we have to go because I bought them. And he's like, Jonah, but they go, and they end up having a good time, and then he ends up seeing her a couple places, and then, like, eventually, I don't know. I don't know oh, why it's bothering no. me so much, you know? I hear what you're saying where it's like they keep running into each other. It's, oh, my God, you again. And, like, there's – and it's so funny because now that we're talking about this and I'm realizing the error of my ways, but we really should do You've Got Mail at some point because I really think it resolves – so much of what we're we're up against with this movie i think even down to like the 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 partners that they're with because like on the other side of walter with sam there's victoria and i don't think she's that bad i think she's kind of lovely she just has a big laugh yeah you laugh a little bit too hard victoria but but otherwise yeah she's not she's not what's her snakes in it takes two Yes, yes, exactly. Oh my god. I just I just feel like these people that they're running away from or aren't as interested in don't have big enough flaws for them to run no. away. And oh, I just take a drink every time I say, "Oh, but and you've got mail." It's just very interesting how they take the same thing we're talking about here and and it just gets resolved. It gets resolved. And yeah. I appreciate it so much more now that I've seen this and I've seen how how little resolve there is. And it makes me think about, I don't know, like in a different lens, this is like one of those indie romantic dramas where it all ends on an, on an ambiguous note, you know? And um, I, for some reason, the, the first example I'm thinking of, this was actually a movie written and directed by the same guy who did who created looking um <clears throat> have you ever seen the movie weekend yes colin oh, oh i loved weekend i remember that was like the first movie i i saw like as a you know because when did that movie come out i don't know oh uh, but like, like 2008 maybe yeah, yeah like i was in college or like about to be in my 20s and i was like this movie makes it just felt like a really well-constructed movie and like this little pocket of time and this little love story. I I loved Weekend. Yeah, it was from 2011. I also loved it. And I haven't seen it probably since 2011. But what I vaguely remember was exactly this idea of like the uncertainty at the end. There's no resolution. Yes. And 
that's part of the aesthetic and that's part of the movie is like of not having that resolution that, that you kind of know the entire time you're like oh my god he's gotta leave at the end of the weekend and I this know. is the same thing where it's like she lives in Baltimore and they've never spoken and I think but yet it all got packaged up as happily ever after when it's like um, uncertainty for a little while you know Yes, and like the ever handsome Tom Collin in that movie is oh god, he's so he's they're both so hot and like the intimacy scene, like the like their sex scenes are great. Oh, gosh, it's like I know we only have one week left of rom uh, com month, folks, and I I had something for next week. I feel like we we have to do like you've got mail. We need to do weekend, and then the, I was gonna. I know it's my choice next week, but I feel like we need. You've got mail as like a palate cleanser, <laughs> just to remind us. What, yeah, you know, and we'll talk about it. We'll talk about it on the best supporting after show or off mic, whenever. But, um, yeah, it's I know. A good conversation. It's uh, but yeah, no weekend. I mean, that would be that'd be fun. I don't know who the supporting characters are, but that's one of those movies where it's like, yeah, whatever. We'll just talk about it. Yeah, yeah, way. yeah. I love doing romantic comedies here. Yeah. Um, and that being said, and I'm, I don't want to, you know, uh. Uh, reveal anything too quickly but we and we can start this whenever we want we do also have another themed month coming and can i tell you i'm like really excited about that month what month is it i'm blanking right now okay well then i guess we are gonna reveal it here whoa uh, and hopefully you'll be, you'll remember and this isn't just this like fantasy i've been walking around with <laughs> no, in my pocket yeah. um but we there were some ideas coming in for romantic comedy month and there were just some ones that had been sitting around that we had talked about doing at some point and it felt to me like oh we've got a bit of a theme here that we've dipped into in the past with movies like it takes two and house arrest <gasps> and it is officially going to be family movie month that's right yes thank you for that i know i love it i love it Cause there's there's one in particular that I don't I haven't even seen in a while, but I just like know it's gonna be amazing. <laughs> okay, are you gonna save it for? I'm gonna save it, Mister Sargaretta. Okay, um, yeah. Because I don't want to reveal it to anybody like what's on the docket. But there's one, and I almost feel like you've talked about this performance in the past. I almost feel oh my like God, I'm so excited. And so I'll uh, I'll say it after the episode, but. Nice. And there, what is the criteria for Family Movie Month? Like, is it um, like, it, does it have to be a drama? Does it have to be a comedy? Is it um, just families of the 90s? Or remind me, and I guess our listeners. Well, it would just be, you know, uh, fam- like movies that are for a family audience, a PG or less, oh, you know. gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Um, and could be comedies, could be dramas. I think, you know, one of them was one you had suggested for Romantic Comedy Month. Well, there was one that okay. you were talking about. Yes. Okay. Does that ring a bell? Kind Does, of. Is any I thought of, of like coming back different... to you? I know. It's like what I feel like. I I I, I feel like someone set me on fire. <laughs> Sandra, yeah, oh, I know. In her Golden Globe um, speech. It's been, is anyone uh, listening to me? I'm a baby <laughs> and I'm talking. Is anyone oh, going to look at yes. me? <laughs> oh yes. I mean that. that it's all coming back to me now. Yes, yes, oh, yes. God. Oh, I would love that. Okay, yes. This okay. Is very exciting. I feel I'm, like you I'm were very tentative for about three minutes, thing. and you yes. just came back. Yeah. 
Oh, God. You were like, ah, ah, family. When you say family movie month, and now, yes, this was a text message conversation we had. Yeah. I do remember that. I think I was in Erie when you sent me that text message, uh, that chain. And when I'm in Erie, I'm like in vacation mode. So I read it. I definitely remember it now. So that's exciting to me. Oh, good. And I think in that text message, that's where I had accidentally written the wedding planner instead of the wedding singer. I remember that, yes. When I realized that, maybe last week I thought oh my god the whole time you were thinking that I was just ignoring your interest in doing the wedding singer and was saying no we're doing the wedding planner it, I, oh, I was mortified yeah oh Keon was very excited by that prospect because he loves oh. J-Lo well you never know we might just I know be, yeah we might just be a strictly romantic comedies podcast for <laughs> the, for eternity <laughs> the rest of the year yeah uh, yeah don't With worry one folks. family we'll, movie month yeah right we'll put some I don't know some Suspiria level. We're going to do yeah. the Barbie movie. We'll do Oppenheimer or something like uh, yeah, that. Yeah, right. Know? Well, the thing, you know, just, to, and maybe we should save that. I should save this for the Best Supporting After Show, which, folks, comes out every week on Patreon at patreon.com slash BSA pod. But I know you had texted a bit intrigued by Oppenheimer, but I, what I had heard was that the lady roles were not very significant. They probably aren't. And that's, I mean, I, I think in that TikTok I sent you, you know, Emily Blunt, I feel, is probably the the lead actress in that movie, I guess. Mm-hmm. But maybe, I don't know what I can compare it to, but it got me excited. I don't know why. Like, it feels like a movie that just feels like it's going to be a spectacle. And sometimes I I guess I need that. I don't know. And all my, like, actress sexual movie watching... And maybe it's just the hype. Maybe it's just the buzz. It's just like the, every social media platform is telling me it's Barbie and Oppenheimer. Is it like yeah. Barbieheimer or whatever Barbenheimer, it is? Barbenheimer, like, yeah. Barbenheimer, yeah, yeah. Um, so maybe that's what's driving this ship. But I, I'd be down. I don't know. Yeah, I'm I'm intrigued. I, I, I'll save the rest of my thoughts for the after show, but... It, I guess the I guess I won't because my only other thought was just like the marketing of it having like the countdown to Oppenheimer. I'm like, isn't that kind of weird? Is isn't it about like bombing people? Like, yeah, that is not that's not. I don't know. No, I'm not trying to be that person. I'm just saying, you know. No, yeah, it feels a little tone deaf. I mean, I feel like I'll definitely see it. We don't necessarily have to do an episode. I mean, after I see it, maybe I can. I'll let you know. Yeah, it's three hours. I really. This is a side. I know three hours is a lot but i am very sad that theater camp is not uh, a wide release it's a limited release the ben platt vehicle oh um, and i just feel like it's such a movie that i desperately want to see and i feel like would be such a fun like date night movie um but yeah it's not in pittsburgh and i don't know when it will be or if it w- i don't know Th- that's just you know my brain oh, it, just saying that out loud it is in new york uh <gasps> All right. Unless, yeah. You know, Jonah, get my credit card. Yeah. <laughs> get right? computer. Oh, my God. The computers in this movie. It yeah. Something. Is, this, is that what computers are going to look like, like, 40 years from now? You know what I mean? Like, it's oh, so yeah. funny. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I feel like, you know, we even look at, like, old versions of iPhones and iPods and even the existence of an iPod. Um, and they and they look so clunky. And that was not that long ago. So, yeah. Um, yeah. Uh so you yeah. need to you need to book a flight on United five nine seven and yes. you and Ken will we will the three of us will go to Alamo Draft House in downtown Brooklyn. We'll get drinks, uh, we'll get food. Apps. Um, apps. Absolutely. There's a target below it. We'll go to the target after. Oh my god, stop. 
There's a Buffalo a, Wild Wings not far away. Yeah. Oh, and you've never been to Buffalo. And I've Wild never been. Wings. I've never been. So maybe like spend those Beyonce tickets money. Spend the money from the Beyonce tickets. Just come back yes. to New York and just well just to see a movie at the Alamo Draft House uh, and go to Target. <laughs> More, More importantly, importantly, I mean importantly. yes, that is that's the dream. Yeah. All right. All right. I um, wanted to say. Oh, sorry, I interrupted. No, please go ahead. I was gonna say I want to give a um, a shout out to the very quick scene, and I feel this could have in, in my rewrite of this movie, this would have been um, fleshed out a little bit more. I would take away, I would keep. I feel like I'm. I don't know what I'm trying to say here, but um, I would keep Susie as his sister, but I would get rid of Victor Garber, and just have Susie be her own sort of person, mm-hmm. and I would have Rob Reiner be like the Jess to Tom Hanks's Sam, if that makes sense. Yes, because that's a good point, is that, you know, Rob Reiner does appear in this as, you know, the, basically the Jess, the friend. And uh, it's and they have, like, a great scene together at a, you know, at a bar, and, and you can tell that it's kind of, like, partially improvised. And, yeah. Um, similar to, like, the little Dirty Dozen bit that Tom Hanks and Victor yes. Garber do. That's all improvised. Like, I love that. I love those little moments. Um, and I love Rob Reiner in that role. I love Rob Reiner. He, to me, it's like, you know how there's, like, Judy Greer is kind of, like, the classic romantic comedy best friend? Yep. I think Rob Reiner is, like, the perfect romantic comedy best friend for, like, the straight male lead. Yeah, I feel it's, and maybe we said it during Harry Met Sally, too, like, I love a, a friendship like that. Even with Jess in that movie, too, and mm-hmm. and Harry, like, well, you're not going to tell me that, but you'll tell her? Like, just, like, men getting upset over, like, you know, I thought we were closer than that. And like actually saying it out loud, I feel like Rob Reiner would do the same thing. I just feel like I could watch them all day. I could watch Rob Reiner with anyone. I just think yeah. he's like a gem. And I think everyone knows that, but you know, it's worth saying. Well, if you want more Rob Reiner, he plays a very similar role to Caroline Aaron, except he's actually featured in the movie Bye Bye Love. <gasps> oh my gosh, with, there's so many movies. Yeah, with Ross Gilmartin or Ross Malinger. So, you okay. know, how do you like that connection? I love that connection. Yeah. And that movie, great, I, yeah. So maybe we need to have like a Rob Reiner month, you know, where we just talk about movies that Rob Reiner is in. Uh, Best like supporting Reiner. Yeah. Um, let's see. Let's see what Rob Reiner has been in that we might talk about. Oh, God. I thought there, I saw, I saw, a, Anyway, I saw something and I thought it was saying that he was dead, but he's not dead. Jesus, can you imagine? Um, It's so funny that he was in All in the Family because he just like, that was so long ago. I know, I know. With Sally Struthers, uh, there was an episode, there's an episode of All in the Family because that show like did some crazy shit. And there was an episode where Edith Bunker gets like attacked and assaulted by some guy. And it's this like (gasps) extended sequence and it's harrowing. It's absolutely harrowing. It's on YouTube. It's pretty amazing. Um, Whoa. It's nuts. And I think, you know, I think she won an an Emmy for it or whatever. uh, Gene Stapleton, but like, Oh my God. Oh, it just, I don't know. That was, I think it's like the only episode of all in the family I've technically ever seen. Sure. I mean, it so. sounds like it's like it sounds like on a very special episode. Yes, it was very much one of those. Um, it was, you know, the laugh track really made it awkward. No, it was <laughs> not, the, that was also the interesting thing. You know, it was one of those moments where it was like, oh, my God, nobody's laughing right now. 
Yeah, that would be strange. Yeah. Well, he's, you know, Rob Reiner isn't a bit of an alum of the podcast because he, of course, played the plastic surgeon in the First Wives Club. I was going to say, I was scrolling through his IMDb and yes, yes, yes. Yeah. So we love Rob Reiner on this we podcast. Do. We talk about him all the time. Yeah. I, I just wanted to say that because I know we're we're nearing the end here, but I, I, I really enjoyed that scene. Um, yeah, I, I did too. I, you know, I... I haven't said much about Rosie, but I, you know, A, I love that Tom and Bill Pullman and Rosie had all just been in a league of their own together. Um, oh my gosh, I love so stuff like that. Yeah. That made me feel really good. I love this character. I love the character of Becky. I like that she, It. I guess the movie kind of telegraphs that Walter is NG um, to be Jessica about it, uh, that he's no good from the way that that Becky reacts anytime that Annie talks about him. Like, it's just kind of like, you know, it's like when Luann talks about Tom, she's just like, mm hmm. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So great. You're marrying Tom. eh? Yeah. 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 And you know, she has her own like relationship. Like I can't remember what her spouse's Richie, name is. Her Richie. Yeah. It's like, yeah. it's like me and my Richie. It's like, it, and really she's like pushing Annie to go do this crazy thing. She's like, I, I got your bags. all packed. like, she's, an accomplice in so many ways too. It's like, you know, for, for all those girls who settled, like you need to go do this. And I'm like, do you, I don't know. <laughs> well, yeah, there's that phone call where she's on the phone with Becky and she's like, you know, is this crazy what I'm doing? And Becky says, the weird thing is it's not. And I'm like, no, it is. It's creepy. Mm -hmm. It's so fucking weird. It's weird, Annie. It just is. Yeah, like the alternate ending is like those the elevator doors closing on top of the Empire State Building and him just turning to Annie and saying like, did you, were you in Seattle like two weeks ago? And then uh, yeah. it's like, bump, <laughs> doors right, 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 right. Yeah, it's like, wait a minute. Don't I know you from? And then, yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's, yeah. I That would be like the, the interesting like experimental short film is just like, you know february 15th you know sam and annie having to like navigate reality yeah or it's like is an alternate version of this movie where they both have lost spouses where annie also lost a husband you know and i think like the likelihood of like 30 somethings losing a spouse at that age you know and and bringing it's it's a little bit more of a sad thought i guess but maybe that's what ultimately ties them together i don't know i'm going to write my fan fiction later tonight <laughs> yeah yeah I, yeah take that Nora Ephron continue to worry about your neck because we're coming for your career that's right yeah uh well yeah I mean I think those are those are really my my thoughts I I apologize to anybody who came into this episode thinking oh my god they're gonna talk about this movie that I love and that I cry every time I watch it and yeah. I love that animation at the end when it spins around the Empire State Building. Yeah. It's, it's so clunky. Um, you know, and then there's stars and, you know, there's all blah, 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 and the Mark Shaman music, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. All that it's a it, you know, it's a lovely little movie, uh, in terms of the production of it. The actors are great, the cast is excellent. Rita. Come on. Yep. I love Rita. Um but, you know, it, it's not—I'm glad I finally saw it. Yeah, I think it's like I, I can put this on a shelf. I, I'd seen it before, but if I would have remembered all of the details we talked about, I would have maybe pulled like a— uh, A Die Hard veto. A Die yeah. Hard, yeah. I was going to say True yeah. Lies, but True Lies was great. 
Yeah, no, True Lies was great. But I feel like, yeah, there's like a Hacks Protocol and a Die Hard Veto. Yeah. Yeah, I like that. I like that. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I I would have said, let's do You've Got Mail instead because I I know that there's much more um, pickings on, on that yeah, tree. But that's but, okay. And I, Mom... I know you're not listening, but if you were, thank you for taking us to see Jurassic Park that day because I think this would have been boring. Yeah, I mean, even what you were saying before is like the the rinky-dink stars and graphics at the end of this. The same year Jurassic Park came out with like yeah. these amazing visual effects. Right. So it wasn't just like, you know, the time period. It was yeah, just like, right. like as a low budge. Yeah, this is what they were able to do at the same time that Steven Spielberg was making raptors attack children in a kitchen, you know? <laughs> yes, exactly. Oh. Another movie with children in peril from the from 1993. That was a real theme, yeah, you know? Interesting. Oh. Well, uh well, uh I I do believe the orchestra has woken up and they are now sleepless the in the orchestra pit and they are playing. There we go. Off. Yeah. <laughs> So anyway, now that they're playing us off, and there's some song from the movie, you know, they don't—I don't know what it is yet. They won't tell me until I edit this. Some Harry Connick <laughs> Jr. arrangements. Yeah. yeah, some arrangement. Uh, where could folks find more of you? They can find me on my other podcast, The Good Vanilla, which is a Barefoot Contessa podcast, or you can follow me on Instagram at Nick Kuchanov. How about you? Well, you can find me wrapping it up on All Stars Eight on All Right Mary. And then hopefully taking a little bit of a breaky poo from Drag Race. Uh, and then you can find me on Instagram at Conjurker underscore. And you can find more of both of us in a best supporting capacity on Instagram at BSA Pod. Or you can send us an email at thebsapod at gmail.com. We'll wake those peepers up because the best supporting after show is coming and... All I know is you have an interesting day to talk about, which I'm very excited about because I think I just have a lot of Roni stuff to talk about, which could also oh, be fun. Yay, that'll be great. Yeah. yeah. Um, I'll, I'll give everyone a hint. I got called into jury duty. Oh, my God. Stories. Oh, my God. What if it turns out they're all actors? Yeah, right? I was thinking that. Yeah. I was like, I don't see James Marsden anywhere. Yeah, what if you're season two of jury duty and you just don't <gasps> know it? Oh, my God. I would love it. Yeah. Uh, well, anyway, if you want to hear more about that and you want to hear more about our BSAs of the week and about what else we've been watching and doing and eating and blah, 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 uh, and to get early access to episodes just like this, uh, just join us at patreon.com slash pod. $5 a month. Honk, honk. Can't beat it. No, you can't. Uh, well, it's time for us to get into two pre-owned least Toyota cells named Ruth and Cheryl and get the hell out of here. So I think that's exactly what we're going to do. I love it. I do too. And that, as they say, is that. We're so far away from yesterday together.